biggest thing that's going to separate <clears throat> the top tier teams in the state is how they're going to respond to adversity when it, when it hits, because it's going to happen. This is the SB Live Washington podcast, your twice-weekly conversation about high school sports and the people who play them across the Evergreen State. I'm Andy Bueller, reporter with SB Live. We're going to talk today about what we learned in week four of the Washington High School football season. We're going to talk about what we saw, where we were, and we're going to break down five awesome performances and storylines from this week in high school football. There's myself as well as Todd Millis of S. We I'm talking about is the pride of Tacoma. Todd, how we doing? We're done with week four. We're week we're four weeks into this season. How how you feeling? Well, we're done with September, Andy. And all the nice weather, you know, it was almost 80 degrees on Saturday. And we were playing in our fourth week of football. It's, that's called living on borrowed time, man. If, uh, you know, if we get another, if we get a little bit of a semblance of an Indian summer and it, 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 it you know, carries into October, I'll be pretty happy. But I, I take it it's going to probably drop about 15 degrees and there'll be stuff dropping out of the sky too here moving forward. So let's get, let's get the rain gear out, man. I think we're going to need it. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. We we had a for anybody anybody across the country knows how hot this summer was in the Pacific Northwest. And, and before we plunge into the rain for for the next six to eight months, uh, I'm I'm kind of you know I'm kind of biding my time here, Todd. Uh, but uh, I'm assuming that 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 raincoat is uh, is sitting you know perched in the front of my uh, of my closet, just just waiting. We got a lot to talk about though. You saw some really good games on Thursday. I saw a very good 1A game on Friday, and interspersed in between those two uh, were uh, some fantastic games between ranked, unranked opponents. So let's dive into that real quick. Uh, you saw a doubleheader on Thursday at Art Crate. Uh, it was, you know, probably the game of the week. Number nine, Pialup, uh, playing. Number one, Graham Kapowzin. Graham Kapowzin passes its first test of this first big test of the season with a ranked opponent with flying colors. And then you saw Lincoln taking it to not only Spanaway Lake, uh, but the SB Live Washington rankings in the process. Uh, st- start with what you saw, Todd, uh, at Art Crate. Walk us through some of the things that impressed you and just your overall takeaways. Yeah, I was. Uh uh, you know, we hadn't seen Graham Kapowzin yet. Uh, they're our number one overall team, not only in 4A, but uh, our all classification rankings. And I don't think they did anything to take away from that. I think they were very impressive. I know people like look at the score and go, well, geez, their team's out here winning 50 and 60 to nothing. What Graham Kapowzin could win only 34 to three against Puyallup. It was about as dominant a 34 three as you're ever going to see. They had 420 yards of total offense. You know, I, uh, Puyallup was under 100 yards. Uh, that defensive line from Grant Kapausen, and we've we've talked about them, the Hill brothers, uh, Vega Aioni, you know, Andrew Salivanea. I mean, that that and, and company, their their group was getting after Micah Balzarini and, and did a great job controlling the line of scrimmage. And we've talked about this young man a lot in the last year, uh, going from kind of an unknown to the sort of the center stage. And and he was really good. His yardage wasn't fantastic at the quarterback position, but you know, Joshua Wood. Uh, is in his second second year as a starter, but his sixth game. Think, of, I mean, not sixth game, his seventh game. Let's 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 think about that for a minute. He hasn't even he doesn't have a com- a cent, He doesn't have a complete season under his belt, and we're talking about him as an as an all state type player. Um, I, I got to watch him a little bit because their offense is 
is a lot under center. As you know, Graham Kapowzin's kind of a power running team, but they ask him to do a lot pre-snap. He's in he's in shotgun a fair share. Um, you know, like he said, he's under center. He's, there's a lot of things going on. And the way he manages it, it you know, there's no it's no surprise he's a you know a top flight point guard. He he plays point guard for this football team so masterfully. Uh, and and they ask a lot of them. I mean, they have a lot of really good players on this football team, but he 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 makes it all go. And he was fantastic just from a tempo standpoint, um, just not being flustered, not sped up. Um, they went for it a couple times on fourth down. He made the right reads, the right throws. Uh, Grant Kapowson is the complete package right now, Andy. And I right now they're they're still the clear number one in four A. Uh, I didn't see anything on Thursday night that that uh, sort of took from took away from that belief. Very very impressed with the uh, with the Eagles out there in Graham. You know, how often does a team like this, uh, you know, come together and materialize? And, uh, you know, it's it's almost like you get to a certain point of the season and you want to see them tested. You want to see them, uh, you know, just see if, if anyone can expose any weaknesses with a team that, that is so good on both sides of the ball. And uh, so great win. Uh, we'll really look forward and have that uh, that Sumner game circled for the Eagles. Uh, your second game, Todd, was was one that uh, you know wasn't chalk. Took took everyone by surprise. Lincoln drubs Spanaway Lake uh, in Sway's second game of the season, but got a little a little bit of revenge in the process. Well, yeah, I mean, we had a we had our mid season midweek podcast going through our picks last week, Andy, and you were really high on the Abe's and that talent and Jabari. He asked me what I thought, and I interjected. And I said, "Not going to be close." Hey, Todd. Todd, listen, I I picked a Spanaway Lake win too. So, so I, you know. Oh, you know, did you? Oh, of course. I mean, I, I thought it was going to be a close game. I I, I didn't think it was. You know, we were going to see a you know a, a sway blowout like we did to start the spring season. And, and it sounds like you saw a blowout, just not the one you thought you were going to see. No, and, and you know, I mean, as we all know, Spanaway Lake was off for two weeks. Uh, on the COVID pause, they look like they were still a little in preseason, but give all the credit to Lincoln, which has played a really tough schedule so far coming into the game at one and two losses to Bellevue and Yelm, two really good three, a teams. Uh, Jabari Johnson continues to make strides and, an, and a case that he's the best dual threat quarterback in Washington. You know, you know, he slimmed down a little bit. He has that rocket arm. He's not afraid to go deep. Um, but he he made a couple things happen with his legs Thursday night, Andy, um, and that's where the the you know trimming up, firming up stuff physically has, has really kind of kicked in for him. He he really is playing with a lot. He's relaxed and he's playing with a lot of poise right now. But I there's there's a couple guys that I don't, I don't think from this team that get a whole lot of credit. I want to mention, and and the first one is is a guy that he's been throwing the ball a lot to. His name's Khalil Robinson. It's his cousin. He's up to nine touchdown passes. We were thinking of it in this receiving core. I mean, the big names, the big dogs. You know, we were we were thinking those two big dogs on the outside that are about you know ten feet tall. Those skyscrapers, led by Jaden Wayne, we're gonna we're gonna really eat in this offense. But it's it's really been Cleo Robinson. That's that's been it's been kind of um, Jabari's go to guy. He caught three touchdowns on Thursday. That I think gives this offense balance. And it's Navar Dixon. Now his brother was a fantastic wrestler that went down to Oregon state. I coming into the season, I think they were, they were set to kind of do this by committee, but I think he's sort of the leader of that committee right now. And he really gives them some, some, some wiggle and some juice uh, when they want to take the pressure off of Jabari. He had a, a really 
good um, game that kind of flew under the radar Thursday. If they get their, if they start, if they continue to get healthy and get a couple of their other defensive players together, that we know they have the talent, Andy. Um, this is a team that took a big step in regaining supremacy in the three, a Pierce County league. Obviously they've got a game with lakes later in the year, but if they get that number one seed with that talent and this thing coming together and Jabari leading the way, man, this is, this is an Abe's team that I don't think, you know, even the teams that have beaten them, Bellevue, Yelm, I don't know if they want to see him a second time, um, you know, deep into November and, and early December. Well, I wouldn't either. And, you know, with just not only the talent on the roster, but, but the, the, leadership of uh, Masaki Matsumoto the head coach he's he's not <laughs> he doesn't buy into the hype uh which which is what I, I love about about coach Masaki um and, and this was a team that you know coming into the season we thought even after both of those losses you and I were sitting here going like okay this is not a this is not a team that's going 500 they might be sitting at two and two um, but just wait for them to figure it out. And, and, you know, and it's encouraging to see, you know, you, you, you want to see, uh, the best athletes in the state and, and, you know, teams that have the most expectations, like you don't root for them to not figure it out. Um, and so, you know, it, sometimes it just takes a couple early speed bumps and, and credit to them for scheduling tough to start the season. Cause maybe they don't expose those types of weaknesses early on. Uh, it, you know, if you play three, four cupcake games to start the year, uh, and, and that's a perfect Todd transition into uh, into the game that I saw on Friday. I went and drove to Le Center, uh, great great small town atmosphere there in Southwest Washington, and Le Center, uh, who was sitting there at number eight in our rankings, hosts number two Eatonville, uh, a team that's a one uh, A Evergreen Conference newcomer. It returns sixteen starters from a team that ran the table in the two A SPSL in the spring and. Uh, number two in the state coming into the season, they hold there, and Boy Royal has been as impressive of uh, and as dominant of a state power as there as there has been in this state for the last few years. And after what I saw, uh, what Eatonville did uh, to the center and what Eatonville's done so far this year, that margin is razor thin, Todd, uh, between one and two. Um, it, but. Them going and Lecenter putting Eatonville on the schedule a week after putting, you know, two B number one uh, team Kalama on the schedule, that was intentional. That you know, John Lambert uh, looks at his preseason as a way to test his team and uh, a way to to do what I just said, expose some of the weaknesses that that get exposed when it comes to playoff time. And, and you don't do that, uh, you know, by blowing teams out by 30, 40 points. Um, it was interesting. I like. Center two years ago in 2019 got upset in the first round of the state playoffs against Connell. And Connell's a great program, but they were a double digit seed, and, and Center was expected to win that game at home. Uh, and, and after after that Eatonville game, Eatonville wins 35 13 on Friday. Lambert says, Boy, I wish we would have had this <laughs> this game in 2019 uh, to tune us up early in the season because, you know, he's sitting there kind of licking his chops, waiting for a group like this. And you know, John Lambert's coached a lot of football. He runs a really, a really, uh, you know, he runs a, a program that has won a lot of football games and has won a lot of league championships in that 1A Trico League. Uh, and, and just, you know, a team that it, he's he's just garnered a ton of respect. And, and he says, this is the best team that I have seen outside of the Cade Otten-led Tumwater team in, I think it was 2015, they played. Uh, and, and that's high praise coming from a coach that's seen a lot of football. Uh, I was really, really impressed. 
uh, with with Eatonville's not only their size, they just have you know they average two seventy on the line on the offensive line and don't start anybody both ways, which you just don't see at the one A level. We've got three great great receivers in Job Kralik returning all leaguer, uh, you know Jacob Lucked and Riley uh, McElraith and a great tight end in Waylon Mettler, and so. I just didn't get to see a ton of Eatonville's offense because they're a blur. It's like LeCenter couldn't stop them. They, it's like the first play from scrimmage. Um, oh, gosh, I'm, I'm blanking on his name right now, but it's taken a 64-yard run on the first play from scrimmage. And, and you know, you're sitting there going, you know, LeCenter turns the ball over on the following possession, and, you know, just like that, it's 14-0. And, and I'm wondering – uh oh, you know, is this is, is Eatonville just going to run away with this game in the same way that it has in the in the previous three weeks? And, and the answer was no, and that was because the center was hell bent on keeping the ball out of Eatonville's hands because it knew it was going to have a tough time. Stay, its defense is going to have a tough time staying in front of them. And what we saw were two drives, ten of more than ten minutes in the second and third quarters that did exactly that. LeCenter established the run behind a, a really, really strong performance from its sophomore uh, sophomore running back, Jalen Ward, who ran for 127 yards on 27 carries. It's got a dual-threat quarterback who you know, was forced to throw the ball a couple times and had a couple interceptions and in Darren Cepeda, but 233 yards rushing from LeCenter. I think LeCenter might have given uh, you know teams that, that can't match up with the size and the speed uh, defensively of Edenville, they might have given them a little bit of a blueprint or something to work with, but it takes a ton of discipline. And in that third quarter, LeCenter orchestrates a 12-minute a drive that took the entire quarter. And they're, they're on the 10-yard line, and the play of the game comes from Blaine Hanley of Eatonville, who, who has a, you know, a diving, contorts-his-body-back interception uh, on third down uh, to just take the wind out of the sails uh, of a Wildcats team that had, to that point, played fairly disciplined football. Uh, so Eatonville uh, you know, pulls away and wins 35-13. Um, Todd, this is you said it before the season. You know, we we talk about them before the season. This is a very sound football team. The one nitpick uh, is teams have been able to run against them, and LeCenter kind of proved that on Friday night. You know, I've covered Gavin Kralik's teams for for a long time, um, mostly when he was at Bethel. Now, Gavin was the Kralik name. That's very synonymous with offensive football. He understands good offensive football. He understands how to find mismatches. He's a smart guy. His teams operate really, really efficiently in space. They play with tempo. Uh, this is going to be a team. This is going to be an offense that is going to put stress on virtually any 1A defense um, in the state, including Royal. They're, they'll score points against Royal. I think you and I both agree on this. I also know that Wiley Allred isn't worried about Eatonville right now. Um, he's worried about his team getting better. Um, you worried about that SEAC, man. Well, again, you know, as Edenville posts a really impressive win against the center and they go out and shut out Royal. I mean, goes out and shuts, shuts out LaSalle. Um, they're playing one, a schools and it's, it's, it's not even a fair fight. Um, my biggest concern is I, Wiley will probably take a start taking a look at Eatonville if he hasn't already, and he will devise a really sound scheme on how to attack that defense. Um, and I'm sure it will be to slow it down and take some of what LeCenter did Friday night uh, in the run game. 
and he's got guys to do it. We both, we know that. Um, I'm, I'm very curious. We, we know that Eaton Mill can beat Royal. Um, I think you and I would love to see that state championship game. There's a lot of football to be played before then, but I, I'm more curious. I'm not as curious to see how Royal reacts to Eatonville. I'm more curious to see how Eatonville would react to playing a team with such a tradition that wins its games at a 90% clip on the biggest stage in the state. Um, and to me, Eatonville has to, answer more questions than Royal has to at this point, not saying that Eatonville can't win. You said it's a razor thin margin. I think it's a little, little more of a margin than that. But I tell you this much, the one thing I know about Gavin is his teams um, will play the play best in the, on, in the best games uh, in November and December. So I'm sure their level of improvement hasn't capped out yet either. No question. Uh, let's move on from from one A state title talk uh, in in the month of September. Uh, how about? I, but I, you know, I will say I think you know getting a matchup like this in the preseason. Uh, we were supposed to get two this week. With another top ten matchup with Zilla and Connell, which would have been a fantastic SEAC uh, you know showdown between two programs that that I expect to see in November. We didn't get that. That game was canceled because of COVID. Um, Hopefully they get that rescheduled, uh, if not. But, you know, our 1A talk this week uh, is, is got to be heavy Eaton Villa Center. So, Todd, uh, we are going to break down the top five storylines uh, from the week of high school football across this state in our segment called Shouting Down from the Mountaintop. We're going to do that, though, after we take a quick break. take a moment to tell you about something really exciting for high school sports fans across the country. SB Live Sports has launched a free iPhone and Android app featuring the latest high school sports news here in Washington and across the country. With the SB Live Sports app, it's now even easier to follow your favorite team and tailor your experience to your interests. With real-time scores and news alerts, as well as video highlights, podcasts, photo galleries, rankings, game coverage, and much more, the app delivers on the content you want in one convenient place. The SB Life Sports app features exclusive content from on-the-ground reporters across the country, and it's the number one source for Washington high school sports fans with coverage from reporters Todd Millis, myself, Andy Bueller as well as SB Live's preeminent basketball mind and recruiting expert, Dan Dickow. The SB Live Sports app is available at no charge in the Apple App Store and Google Play Store. Download it today. All right, welcome back to the SB Live Washington podcast. Week four of the high school football season is in the books, and we have five storylines from a great, great week across the state of Washington. First off... We're going we're gonna to lick our wounds a little bit, Todd, because our preseason darlings, our spring season darlings here, uh, who were ranked fairly high in the preseason uh, by you and I, both took their first hits. Seattle Prep goes to Eastside Catholic and loses, and Spanaway Lake, as we talked about, lost to Lincoln. Both of those teams, uh, Sway, obviously, you know, just coming off a of COVID pause, only in its second week of football. 
What do we make of this, Todd? You know, we talked about it a little bit with Lincoln, but with Seattle Prep losing, uh, maybe we zero in on that game a little bit. Uh, I think it was thirty-four to thirteen, if I'm right. Uh, let's 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 pull the score up here on that Prep game. Uh, correspondent uh, of SB Lives was at the game. You can read a story on the site scorebooklive.com/slash/Washington. Another thirty-five thirteen game. Seattle Prep loses to Eastside Catholic. Brady McKellier uh, throws five touchdowns in the first half of that game. And I think the more, you know, maybe just as impressive as that offensive output by, uh, you know, a first year starting quarterback is the, 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 just the performance on defense from Eastside Catholic, uh, taking a, a, they saw Braden Smith in the spring and, and Smith torched him. And, and, and that was, he was, <laughs> Braden was the catalyst behind uh, that big upset. And, you know, they got a chance to see him again and were very disciplined and did a good job at keeping him in the pocket. Uh, and, and this is, you know, two weeks now running where Seattle Prep has looked a little bit shaky, was you know, a little bit shaky against Mount Baker the week before. Um, but what do we think about these two teams, Todd, starting with Seattle Prep? Yeah, and this is two different situations. You know, Spanway Lake returned a lot of the cast that won the 3APCL title last spring. Seattle Prep on the other hand, graduated a ton, especially in their skill positions um, from that team that was the Metro League runner-up to O'Day. So I think we're in t- two different situations here. I still, I still, I'm still optimistic that Spenoy Lake, uh, you know, once kind of it, hit, it gets out of sort of this maybe this this post-COVID pause doldrums. Again, it, it just they got down. They didn't they didn't punch it in from the one yard line right before halftime. They were they were they were stood up on a goal line stand by Lincoln. Down two touchdowns, you know, Josiah, both high on. He was an all-state, um, preseason all-state selection. Just wasn't really involved. Um, Dempsey James was kind of running for his life. I, I just They just didn't look together. They didn't look like a week four team, and, this, and, and, and rightfully so. It was their second game. I think they're going to clean some things up and, and be fine. I, they just happened to have to play Lincoln in their second game of the year, as opposed to their fourth game of the year, which was what the schedule would have been. Would it have been nice to, to play a, a Yelm? Absolutely. Um, but I think they're going to be okay. They're going to still make noise in this league. Seattle Prep, uh, you know, it's this is a tough one, Andy. I, I You know, you and I are so high on Braden Smith. We love watching him play basketball. We love him watching him play at receiver and quarterback. Uh, in football, I know Aaron Maul asks a lot of him. A lot is dependent on him at the quarterback position for this offense, when he makes mistakes, they struggle. He may, he, he threw two interceptions against Mount Baker and they had to hold off a, a really good one, a team last week, it was three interceptions and, and Matt Eastside Catholic did not let them off the hook. Um, I think this team is going to improve. They've got some really good pieces. The Valling brothers, I, you know, are two guys that have played pretty well for them. Um, but, you know, Seattle prep, it was a lot more enjoyable when, when, when they were beating O'Day at Eastside Catholic and, and getting the high seed. I don't know if this is a team right now that could go into the playoffs and, and win games consistently on the road. I might be wrong. Um, this, was a, this was a tough one for me to see with Seattle Prep um, in, in, in our two spring season darlings. I mean, Andy, this was five months ago that we're talking about these two teams playing at such a high level. It's hard for me to get my – my mind around the fact that these aren't maybe the same two teams, 
but they can be. Um, they just they just kind of got uh, tripped up this week. Yeah, a lot of credit I think too has to go to Eastside Catholic's defense, which welcome back uh, Deshaun Hunter Misa, four star linebacker who made his season debut uh, in a great, great, great linebacking core uh, that features you know David Lene. It features uh, Dallas Daly, a two way stud for the Crusaders, and so. You know, getting that back in the center of the park and getting big time performances, uh, you know, on uh, from your defensive backs. Drew Sanadad, gosh, I mean, Ambrose Marsh, first time starter, uh, I'm, I'm told, uh, had a, just a tremendous game as, as a new guy and defensive coordinator. And some of the coaches went up to Ambrose before the game and said, look, you're, you'll be the new guy, you know. Seattle Prep is, is, is going to see you on film and they're going to go after you. And so this is on you. Um, and so, you know, it's not about, it's not personal. It's just, you're the new guy. And so that's, that's what happens to new guys. And, um, you know, and he stepped up and so, you know, three interceptions, uh, I think a little bit of credit goes to the game plan. I think where, where Braden Smith hurts teams the most is when he's on the run. He gets a lot of Aaron Maul loves to call him. Hey, he's our Russell Wilson. And boy, I mean, just go back and look at our highlight packages each week. It's like he, he has made some incredible incredible connections on broken plays and he's so 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 slippery out of the pocket and so Eastside looked at that and said what do we need to do to keep him in the pocket and you need a disciplined uh, performance from a defensive line uh you need uh just <laughs> you, you just need to kind of keep him in there and and hope that he makes mistakes downfield and and you know force him to make really tough throws and so uh you know we talk about a blueprint you know um i i I think the last couple weeks has has kind of showed. I, I wonder if defenses have caught up to what Braden Smith is able to do at such an electric level, uh, you know, here for going back a couple years. So uh, this this puts Eastside in, the, in a, an interesting position, though, because you know Eastside coming off a forty-one-zero loss against a, a state contender in Colorado and Valor Christian, Eastside flew over there and took just a licking uh, two weeks ago, and. You know, for them to 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 say, hey, you know, they they had a, a down week too. They did not play last week, and that's a that's a horrible taste to be left in your mouth for two weeks. And, and one of the things that I think Eastside uh, noticed in that game was just how gassed its defense got. Uh, is that you know, starting the game, you have you have a lot of discipline, and then uh, you look up and the score is forty one zero, and and you know one of their coordinators uh, you know told me hey, you know I I know a lot of coaches say this, but the tape didn't look as bad as we thought. Like you know when we're in good shape, when we're lined up, our snaps were good, uh, and so you saw a Crusaders team that with a two week shutdown ran a lot in practice and made sure that fitness was not a reason. Uh, you know, no matter how good the team lining up across the, the, the uh, line of scrimmage was, fitness was not the reason uh, that they're getting beat on plays. So great, great rebound by Eastside Catholic, uh, teeing up, you know, a, a strong Metro League stretch. Uh, you know, if, if anyone was counting this Crusaders team out after that Valor Christian game, even after that good win in week one against Kennedy Catholic, uh, I think they need to reconsider. Yeah, I was just going to say, and last I checked, Valor Christian has not petitioned to the WIA to join Washington high school football. So nobody has to worry about Valor Christian running their championship party this year or, or for the foreseeable future or ever. Maybe the best game across the state this week, Todd, uh, came in the GSL. It's, it's a game that folks can just circle every year, uh, between two programs that are typically at the top, uh, of that league for a central Valley beats Mount Spokane, 21, 19, 
The game came down to uh, a field goal attempt with 4.5 seconds left, and there are very few programs across this state or anywhere that would line up and, and feel that they have a legitimate shot to win a game from 60 yards out uh, <laughs> with the game on the line. But Mount Spokane has uh, Ethan Machowski, who's a, a scholarship commit to Texas A&M. He was a guest on this podcast in the spring, and he is a stud. I mean, he kicked back-to-back 55-yarders in the spring. Uh, I, I'm, I'm, I would not bet against him uh, in, in, in very many circumstances, and he showed why. Uh, his field goal did not w- did not fall short, but it missed wide, which is just hilarious. Uh, I shouldn't say hilarious; it's deeply, deeply impressive. Um, and so, you know, for. Ethan, to uh, I'm sure he's carrying a lot of this on his shoulders. Uh, uh, Terry Clore told the Spokesman Review as much after the game. It's like, hey, look, I, I'm sure he's carrying this, uh, you know, the burden of this on his shoulders. But he certainly shouldn't be because you know he, he's a weapon that, that no other team in this state has. But I want to I want to shout out Luke Abshire, Central Valley quarterback. Uh, you know, Ryan Butner, head coach over there, told the Spokesman Review that you know they they hadn't really been throwing as much because. Luke's timing was just kind of off in practice. And when you're in a funk, sometimes you just kind of have to trudge through. And, and that's exactly what Abshire did. He was, he was fantastic. I think he was 17 of 26 for 291 yards with three touchdowns and, and three long touchdown connections too. Um, so we knew that that game was going to be a tough game. I think we picked, uh, you know, RIP to our predictions from last week. I think we we picked Mount Spokane in a close one, but Central Valley comes in with an impressive showing, uh, teeing up a Week Six matchup with Gonzaga Prep. CV is hosting that game. That's going to be for the 4A GSL title, and that's going to be for a, certainly a lot more. Uh, you know, it, very very much looking forward to that game, Todd. Uh, but our first great matchup. In the Greater St. Helen or in the Greater Spokane League, what did you make of it? I, I think Central Valley's defense maybe didn't get, considering the ending of it and, and the fact that Mount Spokane had recovered a, a couple of onside kicks to get in position to kind of steal this game, Andy. Uh, but I think their defense is for real. I think you know Ryan Butner said after that Eastmont game, they you know, this it just it was kind of a blip, and that that front seven has been really really good the last couple of weeks, um, coming off a, t- a game. Last week, where it you know it had given up less than a uh, hundred yards of total offense, so that 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 defense had been getting after it, and it sounds like it, it it done a pretty good job in this game for three and a half quarters, and all of a sudden here comes Mount Spokane uh, trying to steal it um, on special teams, and and nearly did. I can't imagine Ryan Butner standing on the sideline going, "We've we should win this football game. We've played better. We, we've been the best team on the field," and watching Ethan. <laughs> take the field to try and kick a 60 yarder to win it. I can't imagine what that would be like standing in Ryan Butner's position with the headsets on having to suffer. And I do mean suffer (laughs) through that because I would suffer through that. I mean, Ethan had missed a, a long field goal earlier in the game. So you're thinking he can't miss two of these, can he? Even if it's from 60 yards. And I, it's funny that you mentioned Terry Clark. I, when I, when I, Talked to him a couple of weeks ago. I mean, his exact words were, once we cross midfield, we feel like we can score anywhere. This is the weapon we have. And he, he was a man that backed up his words. Granted, he was going for the win, but he truly believes that Ethan can make that kind of field goal. And he had the distance. He was just a little wide. But congratulations to the Bears. They lost to this team last year or last spring. 
um, returning the favor and setting up what should be a fantastic 4A GSL championship game here in a few weeks. Another real eye popper, and this might have been the eye popper, uh, you know, the eyebrow raiser of the week. Marysville Pilchuk over Glacier Peak, 49 to 14. Pilchuk outguns Glacier Peak, 286 yards to two yards in the first half. It was 28-0 midway through the second quarter. <laughs> I mean, Shane Keck, head coach at Glacier Peak, said afterward that he thinks that Marysville Pilchuk is a 3A state title contender. Um, would, would you go as far as, as to say that after uh, just an incredibly impressive win uh, for this, this Pilchuk squad? Well, I mean, they've got a lot of seniors. We, Brandon Carson is a fantastic coach. That slot T rushing attack is hard to slow down. It's even harder to slow down when, when his son is, is the kind of the focal point of the offense is kind of the hammer runner. We're talking about Dylan Carson, but I think a, we, we got to talk about somebody that had a big touchdown run in this, in this game Friday night. And a couple years ago when they were in the state playoffs, uh, Jordan justice was a guy that, that made a lot of big plays on the outside in this offense. And Jordan Velasquez is, is sort of that Jordan justice. He is a speedy, outside threat that can make things happen in space. And, and he did again on Friday night. Um, the most impressive thing, uh, though, was the way that, that Marysville Pilchuk front seven kind of dominated the strength of this offense and Glacier Peak, and that's that offensive line. Um, they, they shut down Trey Lechner. Um, River Lean had a, a couple, a couple mistakes, uh, and then it just kind of got out of hand. It was a very, very – maybe the most impressive – result I've seen so far in 2021, uh, a very, very satisfying win for the Tomahawks who frankly got drilled by him last spring. And now, uh, you know, they got, they've got a three, a West coast showdown game this week with Ferndale. Um, I, I really like this team moving forward. Do I think they can beat an O'Day? Do I think they can beat an Eastside Catholic? Do I think they can beat a Lincoln? I think when you have Dylan Carson and the Velasquez kid, um, as threats to run the football, I, I think you can win a football game. And I, I, I do I do think this is a team that we should start paying more attention to as a viable 3A state contender. Nearly three individual 100-yard rushers on the night, uh, including Dylan Carson and Jordan Velasquez. So, you know, certainly a team that, that can run the ball, can do it well. Another team that can do that, Todd, is the team that vaulted into the number one slot at the 3A level, and that's Bellevue. Bellevue uh, gets his first taste of league play, uh, plays Lake Washington in a 3A Kinko uh, matchup, wins 49-7. And at this point, Todd, I, I know, you know, especially with what O'Day has done at that top level, and I, I don't want to sit here all day and hammer away about, about our rankings, um, you know, because it's still early. But, you know, Bellevue has, has basically superseded every expectation, uh, and expectations were high. They continue to take care of business, and you know I don't think there's they're giving us a reason uh, to think they're not the number one team in three A right now. Um, you know what do you make of the Wolverines under head coach Michael Knipe and just what he's able to do here in year four? Yeah, they, they really set the tone in week one going to Peninsula and just dominating a team that just doesn't ever get dominated. I just uh, that was such an impressive win to go to Purdy. It's such a tough place to play. And for them to, to put, uh, put it on the Seahawks like that, and then two weeks later to put up nearly 60 points against Lincoln. Uh, yeah, are they going to get tested in the 3A King? Can Liberty maybe give them a game? 
maybe. Um, but I, I just don't see who else in their league um, is going to slow down that, that vaunted wing T and, and for Michael Knight to kind of go back to the old school wing T we talked about this on, on, on previous podcast, uh, I think it was the right call, but he's getting so many people touching the football in this offense that it's, it's just sort of like, who do you really key on Andy? I mean, if you were a defensive coordinator right now, who would you be keying on? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I would just sort of be praying <laughs> that my guy runs into the guy that has the ball. Um, that's the kind of, that's the kind of balance right now that Bellevue has, uh, in its offense. Well, there, I mean, the, 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 the margin between, uh, the, the, there's not much difference between prayer and just like trusting your instincts. And, tr- <laughs> and that's kind of what you have to do defending this, this, this wing T is just, you know, trust that you are, that you can trust your eyes and trust that you know your reads, uh, you know, because there's a lot of misdirection and, you know, when it, when a team's just play after play after play wearing you down like that it's it's a nightmare from a defensive standpoint so shout out to Bellevue keeps that train rolling we got a lot to look ahead for here in week five Todd Uh, be on the lookout for our top plays of week four before we move on those will be up on the site scorebooklive.com slash Washington or SB live WA across all socials who do you want to hear from what do you want us to talk about? We'd love to hear from you guys, the listener. Uh, you can hit me up on Twitter at Andy Bueller or via email, Andy at scorebooklive.com. We'd love, love, love to hear from you. Uh, Todd as well at Many Hats Millis, Todd at scorebooklive.com. We really appreciate you guys listening and continuing to listen to this podcast. We'll continue to bring it two days a week uh, and lots of look forward here. So be back Wednesday for week five preview. podcast is brought to you by SB Live Sports, your national hub for high school sports news and information. Subscribe for free wherever you get podcasts. If you do it on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating and a review to help us best serve you, the listener. You can find our website at scorebooklive.com slash Washington. There you'll see news, features, highlights, podcasts, and everything in the world of high school sports across this state. As always, a big shout out to our sponsor, Washington Federal. Thanks to Dan Dickow and Todd Millis for bringing the heat every week. This song you're hearing is by the band Woodrow. It's called So Far Away. It's written by James Schroeder, Carl Johnson, and my dad, Matt Bueller. I'm Andy Bueller. We'll be back next week.